This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community founded by Ben Pundell. This episode features Yolanda Edwards, founder of Yolo Journal. There are few people who have helped shape the creative aspirational travel industry over the past few years more than our next guest, who was the creative director of Conan Ash Traveller for five plus years and is the editor-in-chief and founder of YOLO Journal. Welcome, Yolanda Edwards. Thanks for Thank having me. so fun. I've been nerding out on YOLO Journal over the past couple of weeks, actually. Uh, you've been on my mind for a couple of weeks, so thank you so much for joining us during these very uh, strange and unprecedented times and yeah. this very dark, dreary day in New York. I don't know where everybody is, but hopefully they're somewhere a little sunnier and brighter <laughs> and, uh, than, than I am. So with that, Yolanda, what is your current personal situation? You look like you have a nice wood behind you. Where, where, what's your personal <laughs> situation? We live in New York City in, in Brooklyn, and we left on the, uh, I think, around the 12th for upstate New York. We have a country house in Sullivan County. We've been there since, and it's, uh, it's wonderful. It's, it's super remote, but the downside of that is that it's so remote, we have really terrible Wi-Fi. So I, I oh. kind of cheated a bit to, to be able to do this. So um, I'm in upstate, but I'm not actually at our house. So that's interesting. You're in analog isolation and digital isolation. I know. I know. It, yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's like people think that we're totally wired because we're on Instagram, but that's like kind of the only thing we can really do. And then we end up doing the most ridiculous things. Like I'll be like up a hill, like on a rock, like with my phone. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's there's the LTE, and I'll I'll um I'll post. So the behind the scenes, which would be hilarious if we actually had enough bandwidth to share it, um, it's, it's pretty funny. But you're healthy, you're healthy. staying positive, good. Yeah, we're, we're all good. Good, good, good. And what, and what about the professional situation? Obviously, we're, we're, we're certainly the travel and, and hospitality industries has been hit particularly hard. People are so interested in escapism at this point. So I, I have to say, like, I've done a couple of things where I used to have all of our distribution go through our, our distributor, but when it comes to individuals ordering, I send them out myself because we have property and we have a space where I can actually ship things from. I see all of these orders coming in. It's really interesting to see how you know you can have a lot of followers on Instagram who really like your content, but maybe they don't actually activate to buy the magazine. Now I'm starting to see a lot of that conversion over to people wanting to have something in their house that they can read. People are enjoying getting things coming in the mail. Like there's actually something changing up the landscape, maybe their coffee table, whatever it is. So I do see people reading a lot more. I mean, we see people consuming food so much more. I mean, not consuming, consuming food content. So I think everybody is just voraciously eating all of that up. When it comes to my next issue, I'm still on track for that to come out in June. Uh, maybe I'm not going to be so like 
it has to be the 1st of June. It might be June 10th or whatever. But my husband, who does William Brown, and I are both working away on our next issues. You know, so we're just plugging away. And then I do consulting work that's in the wine business, and people are drinking wine more than ever. So I find myself so busy. And then I have no internet, so I'm going to go make a a weird still life. I'm trying to find things also that mark this period so it doesn't just become like, oh, that's the time I worked so hard and I never actually was in the moment. I think it's important to, to acknowledge, even if our work hasn't completely stopped, it's a time to to be really aware of everything that's happening and to, I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's really like, for me, I want to look back and it's not like, oh, I want to say I've learned this foreign language and I'm, it's not about overachieving. It's more about finding the thing that you either connected with a person, you did something that you didn't do before, but these aren't like about goals that are so overachieving. I, I, I think it's important for us to be really gentle on ourselves. There are many stages of quarantine and they can change from one day to the next. Escapism. I think that's that's one period of quarantine that everybody is going to go through. There's this, there's this certain element of concern, of worry, of reality. Those that have either in the hospitality industry been furloughed or laid off. But there is this idea of escapism and mm-hmm. you're consulting in the wine industry and you're putting out an incredible magazine that, that is filled with very diverse aspirational travel. We need that. So we need you right now. You are doing God's work. Very, it's, it's very important because we are exploratory by nature. We're curious explorers of the world and we need the outlet. So, you know, you'd better keep it coming. You, you, have, you have a responsibility. I actually started a road trip today in Italy with Marie Louise and Emily Fitzroy. So we're, we're actually creating this kind of imaginary road trip, which just in even the talking about it with them, it's like I'm screen grabbing our WhatsApps and today's really just the baby step beginning of it. But it's so fun just to kind of like have this imagination where people are like DMing me and saying, I'll see you there for drinks tonight. And it's it's so like on one hand weird and the other hand like magical and just because we can't travel, it doesn't mean we won't in our heads. And, exactly. and this is something I assume you're, you're, you're going to be sharing, you, Mary Louise, uh, you, it's something that you're... you're yeah, it's, um, it's already started on the uh, YOLO.Journal account. So ah, cool. if people want to follow along, we've started today. And it's a road trip where it's the more the merrier. Where are we starting today? So today I landed at, at Fiumicino this morning. And I went straight to the Pelicano. We were going to perhaps just leave, but then Maria Louise was like, I had a long, lazy lunch. So, you know, let's just stay here for the night. And so we're going to have Federico make us some drinks. And people are joining us. Our friends from Shade Day are coming. Juliva's coming. Like, you know, people I've never met before, they're all coming for drinks and dressing up. And so, and Brilliant. it can be the longest road trip ever. We'll just keep it going as long I as I see. I think we've got Dar- Daria on here. Daria, so you're, getting, you're getting a lot of love on these, uh, on these comments. <laughs> Great. So moving on a little bit. So we are living in unprecedented times. The hospitality and travel industry has been particularly hard hit. I think you explained this a, l- a little bit in what you were saying before, but what changes do you see coming post-corona? For me, my hope is that people who have not lost their jobs or or have been able to sort of save some money or maybe you've taken a pay cut, but you aren't eating out, you're not going 
you're not traveling, you're not going to bars, you're not shopping as much as you normally would. And I'm hoping that when this all settles, that there's a rebound and that people kind of, you know, do the reverse and that there's, you know, I mean, I think like we, we will probably all change the way we move through society, full stop. So I'm not saying, oh, I just want there to be all of the crazy, irresponsible, wild traveling where it's just like, no, you know, things will change. But I hope that, I hope that people will, even if they travel a little bit less, maybe it will be more special trips that they've kind of been pushing off. I think about how many people would have planned their lives differently if they knew that as of March, they weren't going anywhere for the foreseeable future. I mean, I ended up having this trip to Barbados and um, Petty St. Vincent with my husband. And I'm so happy that that was something that happened. We came back on March 6th and I feel so grateful that we had that, but like I may have had a completely different Christmas holiday. We will unfortunately see um, some businesses will will close or they will have to change their business models or whatever that is. I think it will, it will be very hard. And I think people will change. I hope that we can turn this time into a planning time and we can think about like how many times people are like, okay, I'm, I'm so busy and now I have to go on a trip. And then they don't take the time or they don't have the tools to actually plot out what are they going to do. So mm-hmm. then they end up on this sort of same trip as everybody else that they might know because it's been sort of validated by someone else. And I hope that like people can kind of use this time to get lost. And even if it's like, well, I always wanted to go to, you know, for myself, like I could say, I don't know. I've never been to Australia. No, me neither. Really? Dying, dying to go. So hey, maybe before we get on to Australia, we're going to get on to Australia in a second. One thing, one thing you said there is that we, we should... And I hope that we're able to adapt our mindset so that we can travel more thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. And I think we are being taught a great lesson right now. You know, I think it's time to reduce our carbon footprint. It's time to travel with a little more consideration. Travel is a luxury. I was brought up to believe that travel, travel is a luxury. And I think it's time that we take a little step back and acknowledge that travel is still a luxury and that uh, it shouldn't be abused and that we should travel more thoughtfully, whether it's for business or for pleasure. As you right. said, people don't take the, the time or opportunity to plan and think ahead. And so they end up taking very similar trips. I think it happens in both business and, and pleasure. I mean, there is a, a, an opportunity for us to engage with a lot more thoughtful and right. considerate travel in the future. And I think that's, that's very exciting. You know, we've seen what's what's happened in the last month that business travel doesn't need to always be in person. I do think money is going to play, um, be a huge consideration for so many people. And I think that we need to think about if we can be so activated in our imagination, how can we apply these new kind of tools that we, whether it's like we're we're getting better at um, having meetings online and we're getting better with having 
fantasy trips. Like, Mm -hmm. how can we be better at doing things that are closer to home? How can we find things in our own neighborhood that are travel? So it is like, well, maybe I'm not going to do three trips or whatever was your normal before. Maybe it's like, I'm going to make one trip Whatever works for you, you you find the way to be more moderated about how you do it and more thoughtful. I mean, I try and be an optimist and we're all going to learn from this. So, Well, there is a lot of optimism in YOLO Journal. And, you know, the stories range from the mystical and fantastical to, to the, you know, it, it takes you all over the it takes you all over the world. So, where do you get the inspiration for for, for Yolo Journal, and and how how did you want that to be an inspiration to to the world? So, I feel like I have been this kind of story collector for I don't know, like my whole life. I've just always I've always had files like these paper files. And have you have you always kept travel journals when you've been when you've been traveling? Mm-hmm. I don't do them for really short trips. To be totally honest, I right. do them for like. I mean, it used to be seven days. And when our daughter was quite young, we have a 16-year-old, but when she was quite young, I really kept amazing journals because everything she said was just, you know, it was just funny. I would write like, you know, your 10 favorite things about this trip we just went on. And they were funny. And also I was a, a travel editor at a parenting magazine called Cookie. So it's sort of when you're documenting like tra- family travel, everything your kid does is fodder for the magazine. So, but basically I've, I've been collecting, I mean, when I was in middle school, I asked my grandpa for a subscription to the New York Times and I would cut out articles and save them and put them in files like New York and, you know, Europe. Do you still have them? I'm, I have yes, so you know many, you do. <laughs> I have so many files. In fact, my friend who's at Condé Nast Traveler, who's still there, she was <laughs> like, you know, I still have all of your location files, not just my story idea files, my locations, which is like tear sheets just of the visuals of places. And she was like, you want them back, right? And I said, uh, I, I think I do, but I'm not sure. She's like, you know, I've moved offices now three times. And each time I bring them with me. And I mean, I haven't worked there in over a year and a half. And it's very kind of her to hold on to them for me. But I'm sort of in this like, I don't know, are those even relevant? To, I am, I'm a kind of a travel hoarder an ephemeral hoarder, a story hoarder. And one of the things that I always noticed when, because I was at Traveler in the 90s when I was, you know, in my 20s. And I was like the junior photo editor. And I always would meet with the photographers who would come in from out of town that were the more junior photographers just looking to make a contact with a photo department. And um, they would show me their portfolios and I would say like, oh, well, where's this place? And tell me about this. And they had such fresh content. But then I would go into an editorial meeting and the editors would say like, no, we're going to do a story about this new hotel. And I was like, but the hotel hasn't even opened yet. So what are we going to do? And they're like, oh, use blueprint pictures. And I was like, but nobody's even stayed there. 
So I started noticing, and this is like ages ago, like there, there's something broken about this system. And then that continues, right? We, we still have this sort of like, people want to know about new. And, and I think it's important to know about the new. And there are great magazines. And I love the people who work at them who create information that's about this is what's new, or the new becomes the the beginning of the conversation about a region. And that's super important. It also is super expensive because it requires actually creating brand new content to put into your magazine. So when I lost my job at Traveler, I said, this is really like my one opportunity to do what I've been saying I want to do all this time, which is taking pre-existing content and actually giving it a platform. I mean, think about your your iPhoto archive. I'm sure if you put things up on your personal Instagram, you still have put up a fraction of what you've actually mm-hmm. documented. And also, unless if you're really a travel, like this is all you're doing is putting out travel information, it feels weird to to put all of, to put all of this, your findings into a place. So I think people, you know, they have their their Google Docs, their Google Maps, their their information in many, many different places. And if somebody were to ask me, like, can you tell me what to do in San Francisco? I would I would have a couple different places I would go to. But ba- basically, my idea was let's create something that's totally visually stimulating. Mm-hmm. Like, like the visuals, the most important thing. I think that people want to look at beautiful places and, and be taken away. Absolutely. And then it didn't have to be that these were writers or, or photographers. They could just be people who had a brilliant idea. So it started with me doing Italy because I felt comfortable with Italy. And, um, and then by the next issue, people started pitching me ideas. And a lot of these were people who'd never been published or these were Instagrammers who I, I just thought what they were doing was great. You, you have some very you have a very diverse selection of people. Let's go to the imagery for a second because yeah. because you've got incredible photographers like Adrian Gold and Dylan Don, everybody's favorite Dylan Don, mm-hmm. and then people like Belinda Carlisle, and then a schoolgirl uh, who who takes cool pictures on an on an old camera. So the diversity is incredible, and it really suits the sign of our times. Because when you were at Conde Nast Traveller in the nineties, you're absolutely right. Travel was was really had kind of one focus whereas mm-hmm. now travel is so diverse that i think it takes a lot of people to speak to the kind of guest that is that is traveling around the world but with right. people like adrian golden dylan don and belinda carlisle that must have created some incredible stories so any of them that you'd like to share because i can only imagine with a cast of characters like that what you've experienced well, um, Adrian is a dear friend and we've worked together for years. So he's so great and so generous. And that's the other that's the other part of it too that I should just say is that like everything you've seen in there, everybody gave me, which is like so kind and generous and um people should know that. I wasn't paying for that content and because I couldn't afford to pay for the content, I felt I had to honor their work. And I think it's a really interesting dynamic that happens when you've asked somebody to give you something and you owe them something beautiful back. And that's sort of the exchange. So, um, so you can't just chop up the pages and make it 
fit into a certain thing. It has to be, you have to allow it to just be what it is. So Dylan, I know from Marie Louise mm-hmm. had some great times. He's a character. probably the most hilarious human on the planet. Yeah. And then Belinda, that's such a, that was such a great story. Um, there's a really wonderful woman named Lisa Bornez uh, Germonti. She's an artist out of LA. And we had done some things together back when I was at Martha. She had done a project for us um, at Martha Stewart. And so she and I had stayed in touch. And one time she emailed me and said, you know, Belinda Carlisle is like one of my best friends. And I, um, she really wants to meet you. I was like, oh my God, great. I mean, huge Go-Go's fan, sure. So they come in and they tell me how they, and this was actually when I was at Traveler. So they came in and met me and um, they told me about how they do these trips that are three weeks long, one a year. And they've been doing it for, I think it's like 20 years. And they basically pick a topic and then they pick a location that's around the topic or the location, and then they just do these super deep dives. It's almost like a book club meets travel club, Maybe. but just for the two of them. So they're in a constant state of travel all year round because they're always doing this deep dive on history, on religion, on the food. on And, and so, um, so we did a small thing with them. I think it, I'm not sure if it lived in print. I know it lived online. And then I saw that they were in Uzbekistan and I said, you guys, we have wow. to do this. So we did an Uzbekistan story. That's a kind of a, a great post-corona focus is, is mm-hmm. taking a location and actually going so much deeper, deeper yes. into, into food and religion and culture. And, and, and I guess a lot, of us, a lot of us don't. We've become so transient in our, in our, in our travels. I feel like I even am totally guilty of that situation where I'm traveling so much that I basically like I'm once I'm on the airplane I'm starting to do the research about the place I'm going to that's not good I feel like we have all been rushing for so long and we're just like can't catch our breath I'm I'm the worst offender of that so just always moving. And I think that this kind of slowing down and actually having the time to reflect on where you've been, where do you want to go? Like if we can just even come out with that, I think that's a great thing. I was very inspired by the Oscar Niemeyer story. I've got my Oscar Niemeyer mug here. Which oh, I love it. Ago. I've got my Oscar Niemeyer mug here. Amazing. Yeah. This woman, Elizabeth Daniels, she reached out to me on Instagram and said, I love YOLO. I have this whole project that I did where she wanted, she had somehow, she wanted to go document the Niemeyer projects, but she didn't want to just kind of do the most obvious. So she found this guy who worked for the foundation and he basically WhatsApped her her whole way through her trip. And so it was sort of like a, architecture story but I loved the travel backside of it which is like you can find people to lead you through a place just from from connecting through them Mm. online from Instagram from however I don't know I just I loved I loved having that that in there that she was guided through WhatsApp her whole time completely digressing here Harsha just sent a question do you think people should now restrict the number of planes every year they take in the future 
you have to listen to yourself. I'm going to listen to myself and say, I've been rushing too much and I've been like darting around weight. People are always like, oh, you're always traveling. I'm like, no, no, you just see me traveling a lot. But they're right. I am always traveling. So for me, I'm going to not come up with a number of how many planes I'll take, but I will be more thoughtful about how I move. Colin Ash Traveler for five years, you must have had some, you must have had some standout moments. I think it's the best last job you could ask for. I got to work with my best friend, Pilar Guzman. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we just had the best time. And to be able to, um, you know, to in the beginning, we had a lot of resources. Then the resources started to get uh, smaller. But that just meant we had to get a little bit more scrappy. It was a great team. And we got to do really, really um fun projects. I mean, I'm, I feel like I've been so out of it. I'm have to, I'll have to think about like, what's my, my biggest standout. I think you set the bar pretty high, which is why we're all very happy that you uh, have YOLO journal for us all. Okay. We're going to keep it light for a second, do a quick fire round where I ask you a question and you tell me the first thing that comes, comes to mind. Okay. This is entertainment as well, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay, desert, mountain, or sea? Sea. Favorite cocktail? Negroni. First job? (laughs) Uh, Newspaper girl. Me too. Boy. No way. Yeah. Most unusual thing you've done in quarantine? I think dressing for dinner. Yes. Love it. (laughs) Uh, Where will you travel to next when you can? The Pelicano. Very nice. We're all joining. Okay, most interesting thing you've learned about yourself during quarantine? That I'm way more activated in my brain than I think is healthy. Right. <laughs> Great answer. Uh, favorite object in your house? Um, I would say my, tea, my, my little coffee cups that I... You know, just the simple, simple thing. And where are they from? They're from Heath. And then last one, any songs you've had on repeat? Songs on repeat. Um, in my head, it's uh, Mi Ritorni in Mente, Lucio Battisti. Ah, there we go. Have you been doing yoga or guided meditation or cooking classes or anything like that? I really tried to download some classes. Somebody was telling me about this amazing workout, something called P-Balls. And it was streaming and I couldn't do it. So I had to cancel that. So um, my husband is like cooking like crazy. So that has been um, like just watching him as a kind of a tutorial. I really can't learn anything online right now. So I'm reading, I'm re- you know, I'm sort of reading these French books. I'm trying to learn how to build a stone wall. So I have this like stone masonry book I'm looking at. Amazing. So trying trying new things amazing that's definitely the most unique answer uh answer to (laughs) that question that's for sure okay so so one one last question thank you so much again for the time you've been giving us do you think this is the reset that the world needs i'd like to look at this like everything happens for a reason and i think that while there are so many times i'm sure that many of us have a moment where you catch something out of the corner of your eye you're like this is so wrong like how Mm. how are we 
how is this our life right now? Like, this is crazy. And that doesn't happen to me when I'm in our house. But if I go to the post office or we're driving down the road and I see, you know, whatever, like there, there are just things where you're like, this just doesn't feel right to me. I can't believe that our society has gotten to this place. It's terrible. But I think that we're all in this, it's this weird thing where we're all in it so together. I think that had this only happened to one part of the world, it wouldn't be such a fundamental fundamental reset opportunity. I think that we are all like the way it's brought people together, the way it's made us all think about these kinds of things. I, I don't know. I do think it is, it is an opportunity for us to really reset. We're on our way. It gives us an opportunity to think about the impact we have on, on the earth as we traverse it. Um, to all the beautiful places in YOLO Journal. Uh, Yolanda, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Stay healthy, stay stay thank safe, so stay much. isolated, stay home. And thank you very much for watching, everybody. Thank you. And uh, take care. This podcast is brought to you by A Hotel Life, an award-winning travel website and community founded by Ben Pundell. This episode features Yolanda Edwards, founder of YOLO Journal.